Welcome to the Port Charles Update with your hosts, Mish and Mel. Hello. Hello, hello. So did you see? It really was Charlotte. It wasn't. She did not shoot Forsyth. I don't know if it's the name, but it makes me giggle all the time because she has no foresight for what's happening. <laughs> exactly. Did you see my song? <laughs> I did. I must have been laughing so loud in my very quiet corporate office environment. <laughs> that was amazing. So, okay, this is what I found funny about those scenes. I'm like a little girl is shot. And I'm like, so this is what I found really funny about those scenes. We always have to find the funny in the dark. We both do it. Oh, my God. It's because it's like you're talking to the TV. So all the stuff I was yelling at the TV, basically, if I had some patience, just wait till after commercial and all that would happen. Because, <laughs> like, immediately with Anna, I was like, stop rubbing her face and put pressure on the wound and call right? 911. And so I'm getting mad. But then as soon as we come back from commercial, you know, she is doing all of those things. The next thing I yelled about was um, she tells Jake to call 911. Okay. And this this is the first, this is the first thought that went to my head. Does anyone know such an address offhand? Like I have moved into right? where I live like a good three years now. I do not know my address. <laughs> and I keep saying things like, oh, I just moved. No, I didn't. But like, I just can't because technically we moved down the same street. So the numbers have barely switched. The The postal code has barely switched. So it's extremely confusing for me. But immediately in an emergency situation, I was panicked for Jake because I was like, is he going to know the address? Is Anna going to know the address? Who would know the address of a place they got the day of, let's just say, or the day before? This is the Michelle's Logistics Corner. <laughs> yes. Okay, so back to the actual episode that everyone else was watching. Um, <laughs> what I was... Um, kind of shocked but in a good way like taken aback so we talk about it the evolution of all these foursomes and this is a new one coming to be and (gasps) Jake has a strong voice he turned around and asked Anna why did you shoot her and I wrote lol because I thought that was really funny (laughs) (laughs) you are ridiculous but yes the fact that and he remained fairly calm for the fact that everything that's going on like he's seeing some very outlandish type things right like he likes this girl he follows her she changes costumes she's breaking into places now she's yep. shot like for a first yeah. girlfriend that's heavy <laughs> yeah I mean for trick-or-treating independently you know especially <laughs> when you have this guy Valentine with a reputation who threatens yes. you repeatedly and tells you to stay together stay together and don't lose Charlotte specifically um no it was it was insane and I just thought this was hilarious so now Valentine walks in and as an audience member we're like obviously this is tragic it's tragic. yes yes but Charlotte is shot but I'm also like awkward you guys have not been honest with each other (laughs) and then and then like valentine asked asked the question who shot charlotte and (laughs) anna just stayed awkwardly silent it was just so funny how we could take such a serious moment and just make it straight up Awkward. What I find really funny, and I think this is so brilliant, is that underneath the drama, 
this is the situation we have. We have a new couple and we have a guy's kid who doesn't like his dad's new girlfriend. Like, yes, there's all this extra drama between Victor, the getting shot, Forsyth, can't forget him. But like, that's that's the story. And I find it brilliant how we're telling this story. And so not only does Anna go, uh, like she doesn't answer, she then motions and starts pointing at Jay, go outside, just get the paramedics. <laughs> just, ah, where am I? I don't want to answer this question. It was not good. Like it was not no. a good look for Anna no. at all, you know, shooting a child like that. It just wasn't, it wasn't good. No, it was very bad. But it's so bad because like, this is so, I know I said I wanted mess and I feel hashtag grateful um, <laughs> to, to have gotten it because this just gets messier because the thing is, it's like Anna was lied to, right? Yes. Anna has been a victim for so long. Mm-hmm. Valentine trying to be a good dad so he's protecting his daughter but also never really confronting her and saying hey stop it with the art <laughs> and all that so he's trying to protect like they're you know he's doing the best he can he's totally freaked out he's like who who's my daughter like what is happening right. and Anna's like I'm being stalked by a WSB agent and I can't tell the difference between a trained spy and a 15 year old girl who doesn't like me and we saw this week the lengths Anna was willing to go to because she couldn't wrap her head around the fact that this girl just didn't like her um so the thing about this is like Anna is the victim she's been wronged but now it's like there's no clear line of who's good and who's bad it gets messier and messier like today as of Friday all of it looks bad and this is why it's so brilliant because Anna has been a victim but Anna's also made some really bad choices. It's just the blame is everywhere. Everybody, I think this is what I'm trying to say, okay? <laughs> is that <laughs> everybody in this situation is not completely innocent, but they're all not necessarily completely guilty, right? It's just a matter of like where your loyalties lie. Yes. Way, right, where your priorities are. And that's what's so insane because you can pick any one of these people and clearly see the good and the bad. Like nobody is straight up awful and no one is straight up good although it looked that way until you get more information so all of that was just like I just think super brilliant but back at Anna's apartment that you know Felicia takes full responsibility for so I don't know how but Felicia managed to insert herself fully into this situation you know just right off the bat, before we got into the Stella story just like a little thing on Felicia it's like you know when you started a new job <laughs> no, it's Felicia. Sorry, I'm thinking yeah, Big like, Brother. I'm thinking <laughs> Big Brother. Oh my gosh. It was a finale last night. So I'm like, no, nope, that's Felicia. <laughs> Felicia, damn, wrong show. Okay. We're back on track. Back on yeah. track. Podcast. Yes. You're Mish. Big Brother. Yes. I'm Mel. <laughs> yes. So I've been told. <laughs> Still remains unclear. So Felicia is like, you know, you started a new job and somebody like just wants to be your bestie and just unloads their whole life on you. And you're just like, I was just like going to the water cooler and I I lifted my hand up and I said, hey, 
and then everything else came out. I was looking at Stella like, man, Stella, you got some patience. No, but I was laughing because I felt like Stella was also like, why is this your fault again? And I'm just like, <laughs> what is happening? Because that. because I, I am still trying to understand where, where this is going. And I'm like, hmm. Okay, is this the moment Stella tells her maybe you should focus on solving crimes? Because you're really good at that. So they're there, and that's where my gold star moment comes in, is when, you know, Stella is just there and just looks at Felicia and just goes, just drink your tea. (laughs) Just drink your tea. And I was like, yeah, I get it. I would have said it. I would have said that too. (laughs) But like, learn some really pivotal news about Stella, though. First of all, her cousin's name is Wanda. I didn't know my cousin had a name. And then, I'm sorry, but I can't with this. So my kids have been really into Peppa Pig. Um, I've obviously come to learn that they are British. Um, (laughs) In part, because when my kids read Peppa, because they say Peppa, Peppa. But then this is what they would say to me. Oh, Peppa and George. And I'm like, what? (laughs) What's happening? So I discovered, you know, British. And so when she said you know, that she was in London and her boyfriend is George. That's all I could, I can only hear it in the Peppa George tone. But um, again, Stella is facing a dilemma, you know, she was proposed to, and I think the only solution is, oh no, let me make assumptions that my, would have to commit to a life in London and apparently never see my family again. Um, so I'm going to run away back to my country and maybe not talk to this guy that um, proposed to me. And maybe I wrote, Ellen? I wrote Stella got her groove back, then lost it. Yes, she gave it back. <laughs> She's like, I need the, I have the receipt. I'm not down. I'm not interested. I'm hoping that that's an opening for this fella to come on down to Port Charles. Oh, 100%. That's what's happening. And maybe he'll get Felicia's job because I've had enough of oh, whatever that is. But too. like, that's the thing about Stella, though. We've learned that in the past, she's had opportunity for relationships and sacrificed it for the nephew she was raising and I almost thought she was going to use Curtis as the reason for this but I don't know what it is about Stella you had no problem moving to London to spend time with your cousin yeah. now you have a problem committing so kind of wonder if Stella is sort of unable as a caretaker for instance she's always focused on other people I don't know if Stella can have a life for herself one where like someone will actually take care of her very interesting because you know Curtis is on this whole like healing journey And Mm -hmm. maybe through this, Stella will see that he can, everybody has this whole life right now and everybody's old enough as much as they love her. Maybe like all of everybody's healing is going to give her the space to have her love life. Maybe. I love how like this huge shooting happened and we're just here being like, (laughs) Stella, how are we going to make this happen for you? (laughs) (laughs) You need love in your life. Yeah, you definitely. Exactly. You need more than these coffee sessions with like Felicia, who's just freaking out at this job that she shouldn't have had in the first place. Um, so, <laughs> but you know what? Start a Felicia for real though, because her acting jittery and acting the way that she did at that cafe, like elicited a lot of feelings from me. So that was good. No, no. Obviously, she's doing a great job, right? She's that coworker who starts the job and is like freaking <laughs> out, and everybody else has already passed the traumatic point, right? Yeah. Everyone else is, yeah, just suck it up and get into right? the trenches with the rest of us. <laughs> you know, that's what she reminds me of. Like, she's doing it really well, but I'm still waiting for the big reveal. The big reveal. 
<laughs> she's not really doing this job. She's doing something else. And I'm like, yes, that makes more sense. So you know, you know, you not even, you know, what would make more sense to me? What? That that's not actually Felicia, that it's somebody in a Felicia mask. <laughs> I mean, if Ned can hold his breath for like days on end in the water, I think it's possible that she's somebody's wearing a Felicia suit. Um, <laughs> no, but that if we're jumping to Nedley, like, no, we have to finish Charlotte. Okay, we haven't even left okay, Maggie's apartment. Rewind. We haven't done that. Ladies and humans. <laughs> so, so Dante shows up. Dante. Dante, his face, like, he had so, that man, so much okay, why he's beautiful, so much face. Because <laughs> so I was, like, not sure what was happening with the face. Right? So when he, sh- first of all, I'm like, because, like, Sam made a funny comment, like, oh, you've been gone for a few hours and they're calling you. And I'm like, haha. I'm like, but why are they calling you? I because I, I was I guess that's another I just come on and I'm like but you're on administrative leave should you can you actually be working during this time are they notifying you because that's your ex stepdaughter but obviously it's still your family like she lived with you and then the whole time I'm like you can't po-. like I didn't even realize till a good while later that Dante was working <laughs> I was like they actually for real called you to investigate the shooting of your like daughter type person that lived with you I know I was very confused about that for a long time. Yeah, so for a long time, me too. And I was like, oh, he's off administrative leave. And he really was gone for just a few hours. I'm going to give that one to Sam. But when he got in the hallway, I was like, wow, like Dante is putting on his professional hat because he's keeping it together, seeing Charlotte. But once again, Michelle jumping to conclusions because once the commercial hits and he walks into the room, (laughs) he is like soaking it all up because obviously we've been seeing I was going to say Nana. Anna. (laughs) (laughs) Banana. Got it. We've been seeing her slowly, slowly become a little bit more unhinged and paranoid. And she's done such an amazing job of that. Mm -hmm. And man, did this place, you know, it, it like it led to here. Like it makes so much sense now. And he walked in and I'm just thinking, this is, this is insane because Dante is obviously having feelings about about Charlotte but we yes. understand his relationship with Anna and that she is a significant person for him and Anna is breaking down that's the thing that that's what makes this story so freaking insane and complicated and great is yes. that there's extenuating circumstances everybody knows that Anna has been terrorized right yes. and reasonably on edge um and then the way she broke down like Anna's performance I mean that whole thing was so raw everything on oh, her face beautiful. Yeah. and the way Dante hugged her right there I'm like wow that's compassion you know what I mean like yes you know to, like Dante like Dante is comforting you and, and you shot Charlotte and I don't know about you but I was extremely taken with Jake in those scenes he was unbelievable. Like, he definitely stole the scene when he just, you know, he stood up for himself. He was assertive. Yeah. He wanted to go and see his mom. He knew where his mom was. Like, it's so fascinating to watch him grow into this role because we're used to, you know, seeing Cam kind of being the star of that show and family and all of that, right? Exactly. It's, what did you think? Like, I my brain just went there because I can't help it, right? The minute he took off his white coat to give to Anna, yeah. what did you what did you see? Oh, are you talking about like um his mom slash Jason and like Jason like was a doctor? It was kind of like 
Oh, 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 can I say, can I say, can I, sorry, can I have a second? Can I, I re-answer? Cause I remember what I saw. I remember what I saw. I'm having a flashback. I'll tell you specifically what I saw. Yes. When he took off the white coat, I noticed yes. he was wearing all black and the black t-shirt. That's what I right? saw. Right? So it's like with the white, it was like the whole healthcare thing. And then he was dressed all in black and the way his hair was, and he was kind of stoic. Like there was just like a lot of both of them in that scene like it was so interesting yes it was freaking amazing especially because last week we spent time talking about Danny yes you know as one of Jason's kids but Kerbleski 90 um made a comment referring to Jake and this is what was amazing so she wrote also can we talk about Hudson West looks like a young Steve Burton they got the casting right with that one the same stoic expression and all I don't know if Jake was angry or sympathetic toward Anna and that was exactly it you know like you talked about how he was asserting himself he wanted to go and he wanted to be with Charlotte so you're starting to subtly see like the differences right like Dante is an adult he can handle the complexity of the situation mm -hmm. who Charlotte is to him also who Anna is to him but also factoring in like even people who are not necessarily BFFs with Anna understand let's say Anna's reputation right so immediately mm. there's so many people wanting to extend the benefit of the doubt and that is what Dante's trying to do in that moment but Jake is a kid and Charlotte's yes. his friend and he's like you're a grown-up you're supposed to be trained I don't understand yeah. how or why you shot her um can we just go so there's a different perspective that's that I thought was really interesting but during that time because Dante said he would take him to the hospital the whole time I'm watching Jake, like that was the part that I, I think I love the most was watching Jake observe the situation. It was certainly very Jason-esque, but that's exactly it. I'm like, how is he feeling? Like he was hiding it really well, right? We heard him ask Anna, like, why did you shoot her? Then he wants to go and you could tell he's, you know, feeling things. He's upset. This is a big situation. And then it's not until the hospital, he kind of asked that question to Finn I think and to Elizabeth yeah. about like why did Anna do that and it's really different right because we're getting a reaction from the adults who know Anna and then there's this different reaction from Jake representing a bunch of other people who you know may not have the same relationship with her or know her and and yes absolutely it's just been so multi-layered and so interesting and even like the adults are struggling with it like Elizabeth yeah. And her conversation with Laura, like, she, that was, right? Like, exactly that. When I was listening to her talk, she was just like, I don't understand. I was so like, she's back. That, that was yeah. a bit who immediately has, like, a reaction and a judgment. I was like, you know what? Everybody's been getting along so nice lately. Kind of appreciate this. But when, <laughs> because, like, again, it was the initial scene where I heard and saw the way she said Anna's name. And then clearly yes. upset. But then when Elizabeth had a, had time to like fully explain, you know, saying like, it's Halloween, it's this. And I'm like, yeah, I totally get it. Right. Because she's speaking on behalf of a mom whose kid could have like, you know, was yeah. there and could have been hurt also who is traumatized. And that was a big running theme, which I can't wait to like kind of talk about. Yes. And and um, pointing out also as a nurse, remember, because Finn was saying like, oh, man, like it's Halloween. Like this is a rough night for for people who are like, you know, cops and you work in a hospital, things like that. Right. There's so many unexpected bad things that happen. So I really did understand, you know, Elizabeth's like argument and all of this. And so also her reaction, by the way. So when Charlotte gets brought in, I kept I couldn't take my eyes off of Elizabeth watching mm -hmm. Charlotte 
and then waiting for that moment to be like, where's Jake? You know what I mean? Right? Like, and, and all of this. Um, and, and during that time, um, you know, Valentine doesn't want to talk to Anna, right? Doesn't <clears throat> kind of like, I don't know, you shot my kid, don't really want to talk right now. So he was quite upset. Yes. And so we watched, right? Like those scenes were done so well, where so he's well. like, he doesn't want to talk to her. Dante sees this and he's like, I'm going to scoop you up because, you know, I think any, th- this is the thing though, right? Dante's a dad, right? Charlotte is also yeah. his in a way. You have Valentine, y'all. So we all heard what Sonny said to her. Anna is like an aunt. She's a grandma. But it's so, <laughs> but she's not a parent. Like I know, I know no. Anna is off the rails right now, you know, for good reason. And she did something horrible and wants to undo it. And she's really focused a lot and being driven by her ugly feelings about this. Mind you, she knows nothing at this point. But her guilt over what she did is very big. And right now her sole focus is to kind of do whatever she can to rid herself of those feelings. Rather than maybe even see that, like, if you can even put yourself in those shoes for a sec. You know what I mean? Like, technically she has a, a kid. But she couldn't even understand that Valentine wouldn't even want to talk to her. And I thought the way that they did it was interesting, right? Dante scoops Anna away and immediately Jake walks up to Valentine, who reassures Jake that it wasn't his fault. And then looked over to Anna and I was like, oh, damn. Like Anna unraveled so well. Like she did. She did amazing. Oh, she did a fantastic job. And it's just, it's fascinating. There was so much face acting this week. Like it it was unbelievable, just the stares and Finn trying to step in to help as well. And Dante trying to, you know, put the pieces back together. And exactly that, you're right. She wasn't a mom. She was there. She was around, (laughs) but she didn't exactly raise her daughter. And she's not there around, you know, her grandkids. So she doesn't really know how to navigate it. And it was highlighted at the very end of the week when she's trying to go talk to Charlotte. Like, what was possessing her in her mind in that moment? Like, she had Violet, right? She's done tea parties, but she doesn't know. Like, she hosts kids. She doesn't know, like, the ins and outs. Like, you know what I mean? Like, of the day-to-day stuff and the way that, let's say, Valentine has been pictured. Or, you know, some of the parents recently have been been pictured and that parental role has been really, like, elevated and highlighted. Um, So at this point, um, news starts to spread. Valentine calls Laura over to the hospital and doesn't tell her until she gets there. And so when, when when they were there, Kevin, like, how did you feel about what he told Laura about Charlotte? Oh, like how she's super messed up and unsavable. <laughs> he called her broken. I go, are you broken? Oh, no. I'm like, you're like a robot. I was like, what? It was so, I was so taken aback. He's like, she's in trouble, not just physically or, or mentally, but she's like flat out broken. And I'm like, oh, I don't. leading right like that's like last week he said something kind of weird about Esme and I explained ourselves out of it yeah um and then this one with Charlotte like I don't know if he's just sometimes doesn't know his human hat versus his like therapist hat and what he should filter to Laura 
and not, but it was really intense in a moment that wasn't necessary. I'm just going to say this. Maybe it's a cheap yeah. shot, but it's not like Charlotte pulled the trigger. Okay. Like I'm just saying. And at this <laughs> point, and at this point, the theory is, you know, um, that she was somehow manipulated by Victor, right? This is this is not like Friday's confession, but this is yes. like Laura's suspicions, right? That she didn't just willy-nilly go do this, but like, exactly. I feel like Valentina and Laura, they didn't know the extent and they were being really careful, but they felt like she was really being influenced and, you know, possibly brainwashed. But just the statement that she was flat out broken, I'm like, nobody knows what happened. Like, we know that she went to target Anna again, but beyond that, we don't know any details, but man, did the details make a huge difference for me? Like, I have a totally different view of the whole thing and the way that they did that was brilliant. So, so we have Laura there supporting Valentina and it was just beautiful to see. Like, it's always interesting to see how far they've come in their relationship. Yes. And, you know, he's sitting there alone on the couch, you know, Laura is there. And I thought it was sweet when she was like, are you sure, you know, you, you know, do you actually want me to stay here? Do Can you not be alone? And that kind of a thing. I thought that was thoughtful. Mm -hmm. um, but like um, Nina shows up. So, so do we want to okay. talk about um, how, uh -huh. how, how Nina, how Nina comes to, to know this? Do we? Yep. <laughs> we do, but I, yeah. I just need to talk about Nina for a tiny second before yeah. we rewind. In that moment, yeah, when she gets out of that elevator, yeah, and they have his face like a child seeing their yeah. mother, <laughs> yeah. ran to him like a love zombie, ran to her, yeah. Sorry. And that hug and close talking, I mean, we we are just waiting for all of their clothes to fall off, everybody. Yeah, but yes, we're always down that. <laughs> Cow, the close talking, the the Nina giving advice, the comforting. I was like, dun, 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 where's the sexy music? And then we rewind to how our morning began. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know we talked about like how how like sometimes Sunny's not in bed when she's in bed. Um, and sometimes the whole day happens in a night. And so while she's like sleeping, um, I guess during the time children go to retreating and she, she, she went to early, um, during this time, all this commotion happened. Sunny somehow got involved and called in. Um, there was enough time to like grab Anna, make sure she had jammies, a robe, fuzzy slippers. Um, <laughs> she came in the night. She, um, she, she slept. She slumbered. Um, and then she had some of that Corinthos coffee <laughs> and yeah. And then she wanted to talk some more about the coffee being like, Oh, why did you choose coffee? And I'm like, well, that's an interesting question. I just don't know how I feel about you asking it in your slippers and his, his, his apartment right now. Like what, 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 what? It was funny. my brain broke. It did though. Cause it was like funny yet jarring yet. Cause like when they were together, Sunny and Anna, and yeah. plus she's wearing this bright white robe, right? So you're thinking, like, it was, for whatever reason, it was so out of context, attire on top of them speaking and all of their, what felt to me like sexy talk and innuendo. It and was then you have too comfortable. Too right? Comfortable. Too comfortable. And we'll get to that in a second, that extra little tidbit. Um, but Nina comes out in her black robe and I thought it was so interesting to see the oh. contrast between Nina's oh. black robe, meaning relationship over, brand new, shiny, uh. gleaming white, new relationship, standing right in front of you, sleeping on your couch. 
Well, yeah, because I think I think um, it's segmenting uh, the betrayed versus the betrayer <laughs> or the betrayer and the betrayee. You know what I mean? Like Nina's yes. lying to Sunny and, and Valentine's lying to Anna. So look at these, this innocent coffee maker and innocent WSB shooter person just hanging, hanging. And then Nina walks out, right? This is yes. why it's insane, right? Because <laughs> Charlotte is like a daughter to Nina. So she walks out and finds out this woman shoots like her her like stepdaughter, ex-stepdaughter. Yeah. But like she's also the one wearing black and also the one like holding lies. Like it's just a lot. It's a lot of extra stuff for Nina when Nina hasn't dealt with a lot of her past stuff. So I actually quite felt for Nina because, and I mean, this is probably why Carly laughs because it's like, she knows who Sunny is. Like, remember when that DA came in and she's literally oh, watching Space yes. Flirt? And I don't know if anyone else has listened to this, but um, Steve Burton and uh, Bradford Anderson, their podcast is now on a website called Daily Drama. And their first episode had Laura Wright. And it was oh. such a cool convo. So you can listen to it or watch, like um, watch the interview. And there was a part where Laura Wright keeps talking about Sonny and being like, oh man, Sonny, he just, he loves it. He falls in love, gets married. He's like, hey, how you doing to like the next girl? Like, <laughs> and so it was so funny because they straight up talk about the whole Nina thing. Ooh, the whole so Nina fun. thing, the whole Sonny thing, the pacing of the Carly Jason thing, all of it. It was really cool to, to see. But like, I mean, this is why, like, when you're watching these soaps and you have these moments and things are emotional, because when things are emotional, you kind of, like, move to that scene. And I do forget the rest. So in that scene, I'm like, oh, man, this is so messed up. Like, when I, once I saw Nina come out, I'm like, I actually felt for her. Because, one, I'm like, this is so awkward because she's like, what is she doing here all, like, yes. jammed up? Is this what happens when people marry you? You're just like, I could bring any woman home. That's <laughs> And then when she finds out what happened, it's like, I don't, I felt for her because it's like, she's like, what? Like, and you're here, like the shooter gets to deliver the news. And then it made me think about Nina and her history with daughters. Like she has some pretend ones and some real ones, right? Sasha is like a daughter to her. Charlotte was like the first to be that for her. And frankly, you know, she really did take on that role. And if you compare, let's say the relationship, you know, like when Nina dated valentine like they were a family with charlotte yeah. anna enjoys valentine without charlotte yeah and it's just like whatever much. about her and there's a huge difference there but i really kind of felt for like that is just a weird way to learn that right like about charlotte someone you love so much and i felt like i'm kind of wondering because I'm, I'm i'm assuming nina felt obviously guilty because she kind of knew about what charlotte was doing but i wonder yeah. if she felt like she had to contain herself like i am super upset that you shot charlotte but you're my husband's guest. So what do I do here? Like, it's just so weird. Like, you know what I mean? Because Anna did this and people see her a certain way. It's like really hard to process. And I felt like that came to life. Like me as an audience member, I felt the shock, the confusion, how messy it was, the awkwardness and not sure how to react. Like I felt that too watching. Oh, 100%. Like Nina did not get to express herself in the way that she probably wanted to in that moment because of all the layers and her relationship with Sunny being newlyweds like it's so complicated and messy and fun to watch oh my gosh yes. and it gets messier it gets messier because Sunny likes to fidget with his ring is the ring oh, like a yeah. handcuff like 
that I rewound it because I was like, what is he doing? Like, he normally just stands so still and stoic and your yeah. speaks with his hands. But his hand in his pocket with his ring playing with it and then on his index finger as he hugs her. I was like, what in the F is actually happening right now? Yes. So we had one of our listeners um, write us about that. It's so wild. I was so taken by that moment. So the question being, do we believe that that was on purpose or not? Honestly, with what we've been talking about and speculating, like we've been seeing the whole Anna Sunny flirting and him taking care of her. And we sure as heck know after all these years that he is such a sucker for a broken woman. Yeah, I mean, I I do think it was on purpose, even more so after watching that um, interview on Daily Drama or drum, whatever it was. Um, I do, right? I think you're going into this scene and you're being really intentional. And I think, you know, like I said, you know, the moment Anna and Sunny had this friendship, a little swapperoo with the whole Valentine, all that stuff, I was like, yeah, they're going to kind of somehow land together because it's so sunny. And I think that it was such a smart move right because they're just having a conversation he's standing there he plays with the ring he hugs her I think it played so well and I think it was so meaningful about the the strength of that relationship and it did okay and what was funny too about all of that is that at some point so he's having this big conversation with like Nina gets the news The conversation continues with Anna, the half hug, the continued reassurance and conversation. Then the phone rings (laughs) and he's like, oh, oh, Nina, you're at the hospital. It's like, so he literally didn't notice her leave, open the door, take a shower, like nothing, (laughs) nothing. She just called me and said, oh, shoot, you left the house? Oh my gosh. Wow. That is so funny. Cause he was like by the door, but like, (laughs) what did you think of like Nina and Valentine's exchange? Like, I mean, Nina, like you said, like had advice, but she was talking to him about the uselessness of guilt that you can't worry about what you tell Anna. And I was like, my, my brain is having such a rough time right now. Like with these things, right. Cause we're like, are you saying this for realsies? She is hilarious. Well, it's like the conversation she had with Michael last week. Like, whatever, man, it's in the past. People will forgive me. They'll be a little mad. They'll forgive me. Like, Nina's world is so strange and warped and twisted, but so fun. So she's like, Valentine, it happened. It's in the past. The video's gone. The guilt should be gone. Let's move on. (laughs) Yes, let's delete it like we did that video. Um, (laughs) But she wasn't wrong with this part when she said there was plenty of blame to go around. I I do. I I, I do acknowledge that. And speaking of there's plenty of blame to go around. I mean, Anna kind of does admit that like she was scared and shot. And that, yes. and I appreciated that honesty because Anna has done some things and immediately plead for forgiveness, especially to Maxie after yes. everything with Peter. Like, I think maybe was this one like, uh, yeah, it was after the wedding and I just couldn't get over how Anna felt entitled to go up to Maxie and kind of like demand her to talk to her and to forgive mm-hmm. her. And I mean, I appreciate the consistency because it's exactly what she did to, to Valentine. But the only difference here was the fact that, I mean, she loves to like, pity herself and kind of be like 
oh, it's my job and I fail. Like she loves that space, but yes. I did appreciate a genuine assessment by saying I was trained not to shoot first and ask questions later. Yes. And so there with Sunny, a person she knows is flawed and is comfortable having this conversation with, she did admit that like, maybe she shouldn't have given back that bodyguard. And so when we talk about blame, you know, I do think that like, Anna bears some responsibility in that sense, because like, what changed? Like, why did she hand back the the bodyguard? Yes. And she is a trained spy. And there was one point <laughs> a week that I'm like, I can't tell if Valentine's upset that Anna shot his child or that like, she's not a good spy. Like, I can't tell which one <laughs> What's hurts, hurts him more <laughs> at this point. But I mean, that was bad. And I mean, Sonny did what he could to kind I mean, he could relate to most people on the mistakes front. But when he sort of said like, no, I get it. I mean, I shot my own son. And I'm like, but that's the thing, Sonny. Like, you intentionally looked at his yes. face and shot yes. him. Right? It's not, it's not the same, but I totally appreciate the effort. You too have shot a childlike figure. Yay. It was the whole bonding. Like, that's what was making me laugh. Like, I get it, man. We're like, we're bonding here. We're really like building up that thing. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so Oh funny. yeah. Oh yeah. And um, okay. Sonny did his best to kind of tell Anna, like, look, I'm a dad. And I know that like, I wouldn't be ready to hear you out just yet. Yes. Anna didn't seem to hear it. <laughs> you know what I mean at all? I mean, at least Dante stalled her for a little bit, but I was just... I think everybody was stunned, you know, Dante just spelling it out, being like, I found all this in the, in her backpack. <gasps> oh my gosh. I think Forsyth pulled her in and I'm like, Oh no. <laughs> I like even Dante, right. He loves Charlotte, but even he drew the most obvious conclusion. I love what Sonny had to say in that scene. It was so comical. Loved it. I <laughs> well it's Halloween like kids are just going around spraying things and using the spray paint I'm like you sound like an ancient dad <laughs> he does he did he did sound like a dad but I liked you know just the different perspective like it doesn't mean it's yes. Charlotte so he's jumping in to protect Charlotte yeah um and like Anna doesn't connect connect the giant spheres that Dante threw at her she was no, just no. like hmm no she's avoiding them at all costs Exactly. That's why I was like laughing. I'm like, so you'd rather believe that Forsyth tracked down Charlotte and convinced her to act like a junior spy rather than to wrap your head around the fact that your boyfriend's daughter doesn't like you. So I'm like, okay. But then when she left and Sonny was talking and he was like, what did he say? Because then I, because I, lo I loved hearing it because I felt validated when he said that. But when he was talking to Dante, he says something like, Anna is whistling in the wind. She doesn't believe, like, he didn't believe that a WS agent would do this, that it was, in fact, Charlotte. I don't know if I've ever heard the expression whistling in the wind. I don't think I have either. So that was a new one for me. Because, like, whistling in the wind sounds like... I, I would, fun. I don't know. Yes. Fun. <laughs> I would think that that makes sense, actually. Like, I'm whistling in the wind because the wind will carry my sound waves. <laughs> I was just jealous. I wish I could whistle, like, on command or on demand or whatever. But so, so like, so she decides to run to Valentine. And today she, she goes to him and it's like, I have something I have to tell you. Not here. 
And the first thing she does in this private space is say, I thought I was defending myself, but it was Charlotte. It's like, yes, we know. Everybody has leapt to that conclusion. And did you actually feel the need to, to like pull Valentine away from his daughter to say that? But she did have more to share, right? So when she lays everything out, Valentine's like, oh man, she's figured it out. She's, she's, (laughs) she's connected all the dots. And then she lays out her foresight theory. And I feel that Valentine just confessed out of sheer like, no, what? Do you, what? No, like that right? makes so little sense that I think I need to spell it out for you. Like it's horrible. And I think it also speaks to that state of mind and, and her where her judgment's at at this yes. point too. But this is what I mean about the mess, right? Like there was one way of viewing this story, you know, but then Charlotte talks to Laura. That not, was unexpected. Oh man. And not only that, to be honest, when she like talked to like Nina and Valentine, and she gave her explanation that she was there to return the key. She yes. was looking for a notepad. I was like, damn, Charlotte, that is good. Right? That is the stuff right there. Victor was right. You are one to take this fam to the next level. And like Valentine is like mortified. I'm like, dude, you should be proud. Like you should be proud. And like, I didn't even know what to think in this moment because I'm like, I believe her. I believe her. And, and so in that moment, I'm thinking to myself, okay, if like, let's say you're on this, like I have to protect my daughter at all costs. I'm like, what are you doing? Do you twist the knife? Because if Charlotte tells this story and you keep your mouth shut, that's a no-go for <laughs> Anna. You know what I mean? Like in my yeah. head, I'm thinking, is he going to come to that? Like, is he going to like be like, okay, well, I'm not confronting Charlotte on her lies. And he's been really concerned about her getting into like legal trouble. So like yes. already with that, I'm like, damn. So that, so, so initially that looks like this lie, right? Like, oh my gosh, Charlotte's like off the rails. But then she has a talk with, with Laura. And I feel like that's closest to the truth, right? So she's finally being honest. She tells everything to Laura and says no she shot me she knows i know and i'm like oh my gosh you poor mm-hmm. baby so right. they so they show this scene then they come back to anna and valentine so now when initially you might have started that scene with valentine you lied to her and if you didn't lie to her this would have never happened but now and they're really emphasizing a child a child a child and that's really mm. being highlighted and so now we saw her scenes, Charlotte's scenes. And now I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know. I don't know. And then Valentine confesses everything and he doesn't hold back. He doesn't protect Nina. He says she (laughs) told everything. I don't know what Anna's going to do with this information. And then he says, you know, I was protecting my daughter. Oh, oh my gosh. I just realized Spencer did the same thing a little later on. Mm-hmm. So he said, like, I'm protecting my, I love you, but she's like my life. And then said I was protecting her. Maybe I was protecting myself. But then when Anna goes, and what about protecting me? Again, a legitimate response. She yes. was and thought to be in danger. But if we go back to the crux of the storyline that underlies it all, this is a person dating a guy whose daughter doesn't like her. Yes. 
And this what about me is sort of the thing that rubs Charlotte the wrong way. Again, we know she's been she's been like brainwashed by Victor for sure. But this is sort of also playing there. So when she says that, it's a real statement. But I also hear like the same time I hear Anna's plea and I feel it. I also hear a hint of like selfishness. Like what about me? I hear both. I hear it both in that one expression. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And then when she turns around to like hit him and she hits him with her whole body, she falls, she pushes. And I'm just like, I understand her anger, but remember like extenuating circumstances, right? Like Charlotte did all of these things. There were extenuating circumstances. Valentine wasn't honest. There were extenuating circumstances, legal issues. Frankly, to be honest, I don't know. I feel like Anna would have, you know, she would have calmed down. I, you know what I mean? I don't think that there's a lot of bad consequences, but it does speak to the fact that he didn't trust her. He trusted Nina, exactly. but he didn't trust that Anna would have Charlotte's best interest at heart in the way that he would. Um, so I feel like that made the decision because I think logically she would have backed off and things wouldn't have escalated so much. But I think that's also a truth there. He didn't trust her when it came to Charlotte and that's his most precious thing. And so um, in that moment when she like hit him, I was like, I understand your anger, but you do understand this was not a hundred percent your fault, but you rejected help at every turn. You were scared and every single time people offered you like protection or to stay with you or to be with you, Felicia offered to look at the files with you. Mm -hmm. You were determined that you were enough to protect yourself. You were unraveling. And I think that like Nina, I can't believe I'm saying this, but as Nina pointed out, you know, we all like meant that there's enough blame to go around, but at the same time, yes, things went too far, but Charlotte did not have a gun, but Anna had been making not so good decisions. Very, very ego driven. I yes. don't need anyone. I could take care of myself. Hey, I don't even need Sonny's bodyguard that I was bragging that I had Sonny's bodyguard. <laughs> and even though I'm still scared, still uncertain, nothing's changed. I've just decided, why don't I just heighten my anxiety and get rid of this bodyguard? Right. So So it's really hard for me in that moment when I understand, and that would have made sense if that was like an isolated scene experience, but I just saw Charlotte scene. So I know that you've pulled Valentine away from his daughter and you did still shoot her, but you're hitting him, you know? So that, that I had a rough time with. And then I was appalled, like as a parent, I wanted to crawl through that screen. And I went in, I was like in literal disbelief that Anna wanted to go talk to Charlotte with what intention to be like, was it you? Was it Forsyth? You were going to go in there and what? Question her? Confirm things? Like what was her plan? I don't even know if she had one. Like that just seemed to be the tipping point and it made no sense to me as to why. And I was so glad that like the right people were there in the sense that yeah. it was like Elizabeth, Laura, you know, Laura has a way of just saying things in just the right way and tone to get through to people. And she did in that moment because Elizabeth looked like she did want to stop her. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I mean, look, Elizabeth would not have let that woman in the door. If she had walked in. I think Elizabeth mm-hmm. would have done what needed to be done. But the fact that Elizabeth told you no and then you're going up to her grandmother. The fact that you just ignored who Charlotte was to Valentine, like the fact that Valentine stayed all the way back 
Yes. And didn't. I mean, I guess, you know, he's in shock with his own stuff too. And he's yes. devastated. But the fact that Laura says to her, and then she breaks down even more, my gosh, you were not in your right mind. And you should have listened to Sonny being like, you shouldn't be there. Like, this is really bad. But Anna wanted things to make it right for her. She wasn't yes. looking to make it right for anyone else but herself and to calm her own feelings down when the only thing would have been to maybe just stay with Sonny, take space for all of this. And so when she tells her she's scared of you, she thinks you shot her on purpose. She's like, oh my God. Yeah. It's not just about you. Exactly. So, I mean, this is one hell of a storyline. I just have to say the way all of it went down. It's, it's unbelievable. Like I cannot wait to see where this is going to continue to go as Charlotte heals as they figure out, you know, more to the story. Like you talked about Jake's experience, right? Like how for him, you know, this is a lot to take in with like your first girlfriend type, but we saw how much Danny cares about her. And we saw his perspective. Like he had a conversation with Sam and Dante and he mentioned the tarot cards and they both had a bit of a reaction, but like they sat there and they had a full conversation and we got to see how all the parents are really taking this seriously and wanting to address like the trauma. They walked us through how Dante had to tell Rocco and Danny and how they both handled it. So it was so interesting because we've watched the show for years with insane things happening. Mm. And it's so cool to watch them acknowledge the mental health aspect, especially with so many sons, like Rocco, Danny, Jake, you know, like Georgie too, you know, she has her father's support, but just the fact that they talk about like mental health this way, the fact that there's a group chat, the fact that they're all concerned in getting the kids, you know, therapy, the fact that all the kids feel guilty. So I love normalizing all of that and the recognition for the need of support. But what did you feel about like Danny's convo with his mom about like Charlotte, you know, the way he was talking about her um, and his sense of responsibility? Well, I just want to go back to like everybody's reactions and yeah. the news to their children. I loved also not only the mental health aspect of it, but that they did kind of break down both of the children's reactions that yes. as yeah. boys, you know, Rocco had a vastly different reaction than Danny did. He showed more emotion and that they just made that completely normal and valid. Like yes. it was so wonderful to hear, you know, and normally you don't hear all of the ins and outs of what happens after. So I was very fascinated by that. But yes, it was so interesting to hear how Danny felt like his basically what I heard when he was talking is loyalty, responsibility. And Sam even said to him at some point when they were having the conversation with Dante saying that it's okay, Danny, you followed orders. Like again, we're having these like dad traits Jason moments of his children growing up in a way even without him there representing him oh my gosh yes like following orders did what you're supposed to I liked when she said we have a level-headed kid like he did yeah. what he was supposed to do because they were saying like I don't like that Valentine left him there but I love that they try to empathize as parents to understand what must have been going on yes for him to do that so I just I think that's what makes it maybe feel all the more real, the way that they've talked about it in detail, that 
parental perspective really came through the concern for the children. Um, you know, Elizabeth kind of pointing out like how traumatized Jake is and how all the kids are off of this. And it adds another layer to how some of these adults might feel because Laura is empathetic, but like, it's hard for her to look at Anna. You know what I mean? Like all yes. of these people, but that conversation, when I heard Danny talk and I heard Sam say like, you can't take responsibility. I could not help, but just see Carly and Jason his like, I don't know, his little passion for for Charlotte, who we recently were all reminded is a Spencer and very much related to Carly. And Sam kind of saying like, you can't take responsibility for her. I couldn't help see the layers there. You know, she spent years watching Jason take responsibility <laughs> for a fiery blonde in his oh, life. Yes. And I felt like she was giving her a son a little warning, like you can't do it because essentially it's just, a, it's a lifelong commitment. And job and a lot and Jason gave a lot of himself to Carly so I really felt like that was a reference there's all this generational stuff that I was just like this is so interesting because I can see them fitting that like Jason Carly vibe down the line oh yeah totally it's so like I mean if we're watching when they're adults like holy cow <laughs> I know that's how I feel for sure <laughs> That'd be amazing. So she got to see Drew, right? Drew came back. He stopped to see. He did his little tour. He came to yeah. see Sam. Scout was really happy. And even that, right? Drew asking about the kids and how they're handling things and wanting to like support in any way we can he can. Um, then he takes um Scout to go see Alexis. So again, thanking everybody that was part of this whole thing. And then the last stop. Must not. They just went to ELQ. I mean, all of it's in the same building, I feel, anyways. But they went to go <laughs> see Michael. And Michael was like just surprised and he didn't spill the beans. And it's very he heard Drew command and demand that he doesn't want to pursue this. And Michael just was there awkward. awkward. His beans were gone. He's got no more beans. The beans no. have been eaten. He no. has lost all control. Yeah, like nothing's nothing's happening. Like, you know what I mean? Like right now the Charlotte thing is going on. Like what? Oh, Michael, Michael, Michael. So, anyways, so disappointing. I, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't know what's going to happen because I just feel like there's this bizarre parallel, if you will, because Michael is at this place where he knows he's saying, what if it's not Ned? And, uh, Ned's back. Ned's um, back, but I love this new version, this molded, mushed together version. Aren't they all a molded, <laughs> melded version of their amnesiac state, their past state, their new personality, fair, the in-between personality? Isn't that the deal? So, so Eddie was stuck, convo with Lois. It was actually really interesting, though. Lois says something to him. She says, don't you want to know? Don't you want to know more? Like, like the, you're, you're not just this name. Like, you were a whole person. And that was so reminiscent right? of the Nixon false storyline about yeah, the way in which, you know what I mean? Like, Sonny never asked. Um, so they have a talk. And then he decides to just, you know, go by the water. She's, you know, I love the way she broke down, though, his problem. You know, how she was very, like, strategic about it. Like, 
you know, name the problem. Where are you now? Where do you want to go? And then her thing was like, you know, follow the siren or go in the water or whatever. It's just like all this therapy talk that like Tracy was pushing. I just feel like, don't you know that the only way to undo amnesia is to kind of do the same thing again to like bang your head and drown yeah you just gotta like reverse it basically and so I was confused because I know a siren is just a a woman's voice right I was dying because it's like so Ned was the siren siren? exactly so I I I was like first of all I love the shot that zoom in shot was pretty freaking cool loved it so so he's playing guitar to himself you know hearing himself sing in his own mind and then his mind is like hey guess what I'm the siren let's go find me in the water and so he does and I was so taken aback I'm like that's where the water is like right there right I was like where are you going because I'm like it's grass tall grass and then he he fell in the water so super happy about that And, and then he's swimming around so I'm like okay you know sure you jump in the water but then he stayed underwater for like days for like a long time he stayed under the waters yeah for like Um, a week and then olivia was like you know scared when she sees that the shoes are there the guitar i I don't know you know she thought like it was it for him and so then she goes in the water and i am dying because i just saw a tweet of hers where she talks about yes hand gestures even underwater and that oh my gosh that was my whole thing i'm like i was taken aback first of all man when they were under the waters I was like this is the best thing I've ever seen and I couldn't stop laughing I'm like this is amazing and so he's in the water my first thought was oh no is the current going to carry him to Nixon Falls I was worried about that (laughs) start a new life (laughs) number two I'm like okay is this it like are we here is this it this man because him getting his memories back has a lot of like a, a lot of ramifications of course getting his memory back will ease his family's fears he'll reintegrate there but at the end of the day we all know why this whole accident happened in the first place so I'm like exactly. what is going to happen and then Olivia jumps in the water and I was like Olivia's character has always been very physical right she uses her whole body lots of hand gestures and I was like oh man not only can she Olivia on land she can Olivia underwater too <laughs> yes, twice she was like seeing him and like covering her mouth and I'm like this is incredible like this is riveting to me right here and so <laughs> she sees him and is having a reaction when I'm like go save him and his little foot was caught in the little net and I'm like what's up with this is this a pond a lake a sea like where are you guys <laughs> there's sand but also rocks I'm like are you on a cliff off a cliff off the main road where are you I know I almost thought it was when like Harmony like hit the people and then they were in that like corner by the rocks but it's also like Nixon Falls and the rocks it's also when they go to Greece and the rocks it's (laughs) you know it's like whenever you land anywhere off the water in the rocks was apparently there so so she saves his life gets him out and he's like I'm not Eddie no it's Nedley (laughs) it's <laughs> and she's like I don't really know what to make <laughs> but I felt like a lot kind of started to make sense to me so yes it was all silly but when he started talking about the fact that 
he was like on autopilot and what it felt mm-hmm. like to be Eddie. I was like, oh, this is so interesting. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? It made sense to me. Yes. Like, thanks to it. When he said it was like, it was like playing one of Leo's video games, you know? Um, it was like, ha- like having a remote control. Like I was there the whole time. And also the way he explained Eddie, because like, we're all like, wait a second, you're Eddie Main cool but you don't remember anybody and even Lois was like so you're Eddie Main but you're not even like my Eddie Main and that makes sense because Tracy made Olivia worry about Lois and her being a factor but then the way Ned explained it it was like no like Eddie Main meant something to me and this is what kind of helped me navigate like this sort of identity protected me for a little bit but it wasn't about going backwards in time it was just a little safe space so it had zero to do with Lois which makes sense why he wouldn't have Eddie Main memories and that would have made things a little messier than they already were. And I yeah. love that he like broke it down and explained it. It wasn't just like, uh, I'm back and then it ended there. I love these days how they're breaking things down so that it makes sense to us. It did. It, it really, honestly, those scenes really made it made sense. It was tender. He wanted to just stay with her. He didn't yeah. want to like leave. But then when, because we know, we know freaking Olivia felt guilty that she was cheating on her husband yep. with her husband. Yep. And he was just kind of impressed that you were just going to kind of like accept him as he was. And she, he was like, I'm not accusing you of being disloyal. Mm. So that was really hilarious. So I can't wait to see everyone else's reaction that he actually like got his, his memory back but there was like a caveat right he says he remembers ned he remembers eddie but it's all a little fuzzy because i thought it was really funny when he was trying to prove he's like we got married in 2017 and then he said and the year is 2022 <laughs> like, what are we doing this weird amnesia where he lost a year and then he was like this is like 2023 so it was really look it was cute it was super enjoyable i kind of like the eddie main thing and i'm glad it didn't go on for longer than this Maybe. but to me between the eddie scenes and valentine making his confession to anna Mm-hmm. I feel like like there's no other time right for Nina because it's all happening right now because I feel like it has to go um it has to be like a double betrayal for like Sunny and Anna to like find comfort in one another because obviously she find she found out all these things but I don't know what she's going to do with it is she going to tell Sunny about Nina like it's all super messy and with Ned remembering it's not going to take long because Michael's like what if it's not him and then like he sees Drew like he'll remember so like there's there's running out of time for Nina but I just don't know how it's going to go and honestly I really do hope that we're going to get the scenes that I think we've all been waiting for I hope so. Like, I don't know how we can move on and not have those. I will not be very happy. <laughs> because, because like, Ned has more of an incentive for everything to come out in the open, right? Because yes. he has to clear his name. Whereas Michael, it's way more complicated in his relationship. So maybe that's all it is, right? We had more than one person know the truth. Uh, Michael found it out. Okay. I don't know. I'm hoping it's going to well, make sense if Ned remembers and does something about it. Well, I'm hoping that if Ned remembers, and if anything, and this softer version of Ned, and we're working to get the family back together, you know, Drew, Michael, Ned, for them to work together. We've been hearing a lot about ELQ and all of this. So maybe like Michael having Ned's back and them bonding together over this, and Drew, like it kind of brings the family back together as opposed to Michael being in trouble for not saying something. Okay. I, I, 
I really do. Yeah, you're right. Because there was that whole, that, that, I totally forgot about that. The whole like Ned Drew Michael thing and wanting to work together and feeling on the outs. And I actually wonder how this is going to go, right? Because Michael does know, and I don't know if Michael is going to keep quiet and Ned will be the reveal, or if Ned is going to be like, Michael, this is what happened. And like, let me help you scheme the same way that Lois is going to help Brooklyn's <laughs> scheme. And I love how, how twice it was mentioned this week. And I feel like poking at the audience a little bit when Chase was like, why don't you just take the company and give it to your friends and now Lois is saying the same thing yes but I like you know Brooklyn's rationale but she didn't put up that rationale to to Lois well she did so hopefully they'll outmaneuver her and I'm glad Lois is staying because it's like she keeps going like I'll stay if you need me yeah. but you don't need me and I'm like how are you looking at this girl's face I know like and at this point they don't even know that Ned's back so no. it's like she has one parent parent not even parental figure like she has Olivia but she needs her mom Plain and simple. Exactly. Exactly. So I am glad that Lois is staying. There was a little fake out. Maybe it's just kind of a warning for us to understand that she may not be there like long term. Um, But in terms of the deception, folks. So we go from like, okay. So Sasha helps to bring Maxie and Brooklyn together. I totally forgot about that. So Brooklyn goes up to see Maxie and they're fighting and Sasha kind of cuts through to them. It was such a beautiful moment because like we so love like women supporting women and these female friendships that go through difficult times and and they're even though they're adults working we have like the older air quotes generation of like Carly, Sam, Elizabeth that have made their peace over time that acknowledge that they've had a messy past and I love that as Brooklyn and Maxie they're like you know I've made mistakes. Yeah, I know you've made mistakes. I was kind of part of some of that stuff. And I just love how honest and truthful and how much they need each other. And that even in anger, they said that they missed each other. It was adorable. It was really adorable. But I I, I loved it, though. I really did. And I do hope that we'll get to a place where we get to see these, like, corporate women doing their things and hanging out. Yes. Because I really do like, you know, like, Sasha and Maxie have so much in common. And I would I would really like more scenes of seeing their friendships. But I'm so glad that Sasha finally freaking had her moments. And I only does she support them the maxi went from like wanting to like ignore georgie's boundaries to getting caught up in some (laughs) some apparent like photographer that she was really into and then they're basically rushing to put a whole photo shoot together i oh gosh (laughs) so many things so one i'm glad sasha has begun to kind of undo you know that mess and reputation and pr stuff but cody Hot so, damn. Mm-hmm. A couple things. One, obviously he's smitten. And so seeing Sasha like all done up and back in her element. And the second thing is, could he have not been more of a brother? Like that, know. you know, you're supposed to drop off the alpaca. You're not supposed to be in this scene. I'm watching you like be into my friend and business partner. And then when she keeps shouting that he's not supposed to be in the, <laughs> in the shoot, he like gives her a funny look. And then after he even starts posing and I was just dying, like I have the best picture of like his face, Sasha and the alpaca all giving like this posy look. It was incredible. <laughs> Oh, I loved it. I, I honestly cannot wait for the information about Mac to come out so that Maxie can like really embrace that relationship and that Cody can finally have that family environment he so desperately needs. But like, okay, so I I have to wonder, like, of course, that whole family thing, like, I, it's it's so cute. And that's like a whole other circle. Right? <gasps> we, we, what? Okay, it's okay. This is far reaching, but stay yes. with me here. 
is Felicia working at the hospital so she mistakenly comes across some sort of DNA paper that says that Cody and Mac are related? Yes. Yes. It finally <laughs> makes sense. It finally makes sense. Yes, that's exactly why she's working at the hospital. Oh my gosh. I we did so it. We worried. cracked the code. I was so worried for so long. Like, yes. That makes sense. Or the three other people that already know might know. let it slip. Who knows? That's why I said but, far reaching. Far but, reaching. But no, but that has to be it. But it's just like, I think it's funny. You know what I mean? I love the Max, the extension of it all. And I really want him to just join in because they're all kind of connected, right? Dante yes. Sam, very connected to Felicia and Mac and Maxie. So I love it. Like that world is expanding. But I'm wondering this. What if? What if the public like this? What if they like this Cody Sasha duo? Like Sasha, she's a profesh, right? She's been doing yes. this. She's she like she's a model. She can she she can handle this whole fame plus being a businesswoman. But we know Cody. We know Cody with money. We know Ooh. Cody when he gets excited. Ooh. How would he handle this attention and maybe some money coming his way? Oh, he's not gonna handle it well, and that's why he's going to need his family to set his head straight. Oh my gosh, that would be hilarious if that's what happens. <laughs> well, finally, he's always trying to scheme to make money, and now he can just make money on his very, very good looks. Yeah, yeah, pre- pretty much. And they were so cute together. So another kind of celebrity person, I just want to say, like, Blaze um, <laughs> really is is in it, right? She's just yeah. in it. She's like, Christina, <laughs> I... I'm around and she's just always everywhere and she saw Alexis and was like hey you're Christina's mom I recognize you because I've taken a deep dive (laughs) and and I wanted to introduce myself and I loved when they were explaining this to Christina and one of my favorite lines um, from Alexis was Belaze introduced herself to me how 1990s it was amazing it was so good uh, but finally, someone said it out loud if Christina didn't know and was lying to herself. And when Alexis finally goes, she's into you, into you, like likes you, likes you. Likes, likes you. How can you not tell at this point? I know, right? <laughs> I just want to say, like, Christina, like, text your mom, okay? It's going to be 45 minutes late. Right? You're late. You lose cool. track of time. All good. But when you're tr- in transit, on the way, just shoot a text. Because it's kind of bizarre that you show up at a location 45 minutes later being like, let me see. Oh my gosh, this is really funny. Also why you should watch that interview with Laura Wright. Because she talks about suspended belief. Like the fact that we're doing soap operas in this time with all this technology. Like the fact that you would show up to someone's house when you would rather, when you would possibly just text. And so I find that really funny. Like how in that scene you would have texted somebody. It's so true. You get so lost in the world. We don't even think, well, they're pre-work breakfasts and their hangouts whenever we don't know what's going on yeah that really destroyed me because I'm like why don't I ever have time to have breakfast and a sit down every day before I'm off to school or work or whatever oh man so what did you think about Laura and Esme's convo I really really liked that conversation I love how their relationship has grown and how much love and respect that Laura has for her and Esme just you know as she mentioned she kind of has a big hole in her heart she's trying to figure things out but she's in so much of a better place and that she has the confidence now because of Laura 
and that environment to test the waters out on her own. And I love that Laura gave her the time and energy to let her explain and be free in that space. Like the fact that Esme, I loved the way that Esme described her feelings towards Spencer. It wasn't necessarily smitten. It's comfort. It's respect. Mm -hmm. It's love. It's the dad role, but she also spoke so highly of Trina. So I absolutely am enjoying tremendously how they're paralleling Esme and her words and Trina and her words. Yeah, I I really love their talk. And I loved how like they both laughed at this moment when Esme pointed out, you're the mayor, you can't be woken up in the middle of the night by a baby. Like it was such a sweet like laughing exchange and I, I really loved it but in their conversation you know like Laura loves Esme and wants to support her yeah. and she listened as she spoke about Spencer and then she fished around for Trina right like she's yes. she's trying not to judge she can totally understand and this is like the grown-up piece to it like you know she lives there she sees they're they're taking on this parental role together this this family this dynamic and but she fished about Trina, like, and what about Trina? Like, I think Laura, while supporting Esme, is still kind of making sure and protecting yes. Spencer and Trina, and just kind of making sure, you know, that like this new Esme is the one that's actually here. But yeah. I am very happy that a grown up learned about Portia's involvement in encouraging Me her too. to take the class because Laura was like, that's not, that's odd. That's very, right? very odd. So I'm really happy that um, Laura knows that because look, as long as this girl is who she is right now and has lost her memory, it's like being manipulated like that. I could see how Laura might become even more protective of her. So mm -hmm. I mean, once Laura heard her out, I think she understood that it would be way too hard for her to stay. But I'm pretty sure that, um, that, that Laura was hoping she would talk to Spencer first. I know, and I love that they circled back to the Kelly's room because I was hoping that that's what, where eventually she may or may not end up. But yeah. when that scene ended and Laura's just by herself, it's just like, what is Spencer going to think? That was exactly what was coming out of my mouth at the same time. I know, and it's like, and I like how, like, you know, Laura has had a front row seat and she understands things. You know, Spencer's her grandson. She understands his whole story and she understands something really vital which is that Spencer has positioned himself as a father and is taking on that role. And I, and I think it's important to understand like the dynamics that exist as opposed to like biology, your brother, but that's not what's been happening. And I think there's been an attachment to this little dynamic. It's been comforting mm -hmm. for both Esme and Spencer. Yes. And so um, Laura is trying <laughs> to talk to <laughs> Spencer. Then other things come up, you know, first she has to talk about Charlotte. And then there was some interesting statements being made, like Anna's not reckless. And I was like, remember Peter? And then dragging Lucy right. into crap right. because her boyfriend was lying to her. So she like forced Lucy to do some stuff and it just all went to crapola but anyways <laughs> spencer and laura so uh esme shows up with the news and spencer is getting angry laura tries to reason with him you know yes. like I, I find that like because she she went back to you're the brother and and all that stuff at the table with him but at least she understands that dual role that that's happening right yes. there and i think you know spencer kind of the things he said though <laughs> kind of losing his footing when um he was talking to Esme being like how do you know what Ace needs and I love the simplicity of Esme's <laughs> answer I'm his mother it's my job to make decisions 
for him. Like he's a baby. He can't really do those things right <laughs> now. Because she's so level-headed when she yes. said it too, right? Yes. But I think, you know, Spencer's tunnel vision speaks to what's really happening. You know, like yes. you talked about Esme attaching to Spencer uh, out of like that hole and the familiarity. So out of trauma. And with Spencer, he's made it abundantly clear, you know, that he said that not living, I think he might've said this in the interaction with like Trina, Joss and Dex, but that like not being with Spencer, sorry, with Ace is abandoning him. And I mean, that's, that's a leap, yeah. right? And we know that like, without Ace, without that commitment to that child, you know, Spencer is, is left with mourning his childhood. And I think Spencer, having a kid makes you see all that stuff right and so Spencer sees a sees this innocent person I imagine he can't help but think about his childhood and he really is kind of using this relationship with Ace to kind of heal himself like it's all quite traumatic he's bending over backwards to give Ace everything that he didn't have so there's a lot of trauma there for Spencer and it's like without Ace and this whole new safety and family he's giving himself it's like he would have to deal with his childhood and he would have to deal with all the times his father abandoned him and while he tells Laura I just can't with my dad right now you can all support him I just can't but this recent rejection I imagine is only bringing up every other moment Spencer has been abandoned and he's holding on to Ace for dear life over all of this so I mean he is in a very very different place than his friends yes and they're gonna just watch a movie and hang out and eat some junk food Oh man, though, that, that talk didn't go really well. And we've talked about this a lot. Trina has the right to her perspective. And for her, it's clear, right? He is the brother, not the dad. But she's ignoring the reality that regardless of that, Spencer has some very, very, very strong feelings. And and it's not so simple. And, and I feel like neglecting that reality and acting like his strong feelings regarding Ace illogical or not ignoring that is creating massive massive distance and obstacles between the two of you and I think for Trina it's nice right to believe that okay but he feels this strongly he's so attached but he's the brother not the dad and I think that's a really comforting thought and I think I can understand why she'd hold on to it but it's not the reality no, it's a very big oversimplification of the situation and, yeah. and her view of everything. And they've talked about this numerous times and it truly feels like she doesn't hear it. Like it's not landing with her because her emotions are taking over, which is understandable. She's young and she's living the life that she should be living at that age. And this relationship and his situation is complicated. And then you have Dex coming in being understanding and trying to help explain what that looks like and what that means. And I feel like that just amped things up for Trina. Oh man. Like you you talked about like her not seeing things. And I think like, I think Spencer did for the first time, you know, and the fact that when he told her the news, she reacted and said, finally, you know how you said that after they slept together she became a bit like you found that she she had like a status felt more like possessive and elevated and had a voice I saw that there um in that scene you know what I mean which like finally like as in like you're with me blah 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 she didn't say those things but she was in that state of mind again holding really closely to that logic which I could understand why would you want your whole relationship ripped away 
but oh gosh for Spencer it was it was a lot like he was kind of unruly like yelling in the hallway Joss pulling yeah. him in again yelling in the apartment so like it was also watching how they all moved around so it was like Spencer and, and Trina and then Joss you know went right beside Trina and that to me was also significant the fact that Joss had to step in to try to speak Spencer and to try to understand it was hard she didn't judge him she didn't say anything but she said you could visit Okay, so there was one yes. layer of trying to get closer to Spencer's perspective. And then Dex kind of took it all the way. And the moment Dex spoke, Trina moves away. And yes. Spencer gets drawn closer to Joss and Dex. And Dex kind of says, like, you know, he had, like, there's logic, right? And that's what Trina's holding on to. You're not the father. Like, what are you doing? But I did understand her argument when she put it like that. And she said, you're not together. Like, if you want to be the dad, there's one way to do that. And that's to be with her and be in a relationship with her and to be a family with them. And that is the underlying thing, right? That has yes. been the elephant in the room. So she finally vocalizes this. But what Dex said, you know, like, and I do believe Spencer that he doesn't love Esme, but he loves that family vibe. Remember, he's never had one. Yeah. And so Dex, when he says like, but it's the dynamic and it will change. Like, I mean, imagine just starting there and simply just validating that part, you know, exactly. like, like, I understand that something you had is going to die and that's going to be horrible. It's really not going to be how it was. I feel like just even being there maybe there could have been a place to work. But so when he said, he goes, it's like a divorce. And I think that I could see why that would set Trina off because she's yeah. like, but you're not even a couple. And when he turned around, like she didn't say much, but he just said, don't make me choose between the two of you. You're not going to like the answer. And I'm like, Spencer, you just sealed the deal with that. There's no going back because not only did you say it, it's been this thing that Trina could feel yes. and it all just bubbled to the surface. And in that moment, you both just faced the reality. Like, I understand the Esme, the complexity with, you know, what Esme did to Trina, that it's extremely traumatizing. Mm -hmm. And now he's spending time with her, right? Like, and, and I understand that. But aside from that piece, it's Spencer. It's his reaction to it all, yes. right? He could have built rapport with Esme just to be in Ace's life. And that's it. And be a brother. But mm -hmm. it's ultimately Spencer's reaction to all of it. His way of dealing with all of it that broke the relationship. Oh, 100%. Like, it's going to be so interesting to see what happens next. Because if they really break up, if Spencer truly faces the reality of what's happening, what comes next? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I think, you know, like right now the deal is, you know, he's not in love with Esme. And Esme said, it's the familiarity. It's not real what I'm feeling and I do think they're both coming from like this place of like I'm under construction at the moment you know not yeah. fully formed but I think that if the breakup takes and if he's not with Trina I think he'll be able to dive in and take on the role he wants um, I think he won't hold back I think he loves the family vibe yes I believe he loves Ace but I think he also loves being able to talk to about Esme a person that understands and the thing he loves the most the same way that Valentine and Nina connect because when you have a kid and that it you want someone to love them the way that you do and that's a rare beauty to find and Nina happens to love Charlotte the same as Valentine and that's everything and I feel like with, with those two, you know, I think that's so a big part for Spencer because nobody else, I think his age understands the love he has for Ace. 
I completely agree. And, and, you know, they've said it a lot when Ace, actually it was when Molly was thinking about having a child that, you know, babies bring families together. So that's been kind of a, a theme in Port Charles. And the reality is once Esme is gone, he's not, he's going to realize that he's not just missing Ace, that he's missing Esme. He's going to go over to her place and go and hang out. And they're going to start doing family things that are planned in such a different way that it's inevitable that there's going to be love feelings. Well, yeah, like, honestly, it totally just reminds me of, like, Jason and Carly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Michael became a huge part of Jason's life. And obviously it made, it solidified this family he had with Carly. And remember how Carly started out. She was a pariah. She made a lot of mistakes. Yeah. She didn't have amnesia. She had to live through it all. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of where Esme is at too. Like Esme's beginning is very parallel to Carly's beginning. Spencer's Absolutely. journey, you know, of just randomly taking on this kid that's not yours. I mean, yes, they're related. I mean, same with Jason, right? It was his nephew. Mm -hmm. So it's so the same story. So I do (laughs) think that like, there is definitely this bonded for life sitch. I love it. I really do. I love this new Esme very much. Oh, me too. Um, Oh my gosh. Okay. So we covered all the things. We talked about all the stuff. Um, I know there's a little logistics corner for you. Oh, yeah. So somebody made this connection and actually has to do with the Laura scene. Okay. So let me share this. So this comment by Solutions by Chandra LLC says, this is her logistics corner. Did you notice that Laura Mm -hmm. had a copy of Star Trek book of a Star Trek book on her coffee table. So Jeannie's husband is Jonathan Frax from Star Trek, The Next Generation. I did not know any of that. And I'll have to take a look and do a, a semi, very slight high level dive. Oh gosh, that's a long winded <laughs> way of saying you took in that information. You're like, thanks, but I'm not researching that at all later on. It's super cool. I love it though. Thank you for watching out for us. You're like, I'm going to forget everything we talked about two seconds after we hang up. <laughs> Oh, how can we forget to mention this? So basically, Tracy is headed to Amsterdam with Bobby. To clear up Luke's affairs. Yeah. So I'm I'm wondering, I'm wondering what's about to go down. Like we know Tracy's coming back, but like I, I wonder if they're gonna pick up on, on anything related to Bobby at all. I know, I'm wondering the same thing. And Tracy mm-hmm. did a really good job of being like very somber and a little um out of sorts in terms of her departure yeah and I and I really like that Brooklyn kind of embodied Tracy it was like the thing is when Lois said that that's Tracy like business is different than family I I think it would have been I would have liked this part where like Tracy would be proud of you to plot against her and while she's in mourning I feel like Tracy of all people would be like I am I am so proud you're understanding me (laughs) um okay so now we covered all the stuff i'm gonna i'm we're gonna have to be done covering right we're we're done covering the stuff (laughs) um you said one of your favorite lines do you have any others um yes oh my gosh okay well we totally missed all of these scenes with ava and sunny you're okay yes yes so this is what i'm gonna go with okay uh sunny tells her that she's in bed with the enemy and you don't even know it and i was like "Uh uh-huh 
Okay. Is there a mirror around <laughs> while you while you say this? Yeah, that was one of my favorite lines. I kind of like their little exchange of him kind of like walking her through all of this and pointing to her and saying, you're correct. Austin um, may not have had any knowledge of the kidnapping, but then he proceeded to list all the ways in which he was deceiving her. So they were kind of cute together. They were. And I like how, you know, he's not as tender with her, but better than before, but that he's truly looking out for her. And he loves well, like her. very brother, sister. 100%. Yeah. So kind of like, like that. She's the, okay. she's a good Jason for now. She has. Um, so one of my favorite lines from BLK was, did I miss the memo about tense Tuesdays? And, <laughs> and uh, when Alexis was talking to Gregory and they're talking about jumping out of a plane and his bucket list, she's like, I still don't understand how planes stay in the air. <laughs> oh my gosh. I could not have related any more to that statement. Oh, that was man. everything. That was everything. And I have a moment of concern. Oh, or I had a moment of concern when, you know, Carly and Drew, and they're all like, yeah, we love each other. And they're all sparkly and cute and whatever. And then she goes to the back to do something at Kelly's. And then he gets up and he puts his hand on his side about his pain. And I'm a little concerned about what that means for the future. We only saw that little snippet at the beginning of the week. Oh, I think he's just still healing from the okay. wounds. Okay. okay? Because okay. no, 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 okay. no, no, okay. no. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> he was cleared to go back to jail in solitary and then sent home. He is fine, Mel. He is okay, fine. Okay, but you know what? We will move on to something super yeah. fun is that we launched our pre-sale for our Gold Star earrings yes, and things are going but... smashingly. So thank you for supporting us and continue to support us. And bye, 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 bye. Yes. I don't really wear jewelry. So for me, this was huge because they're actually comfortable. Like I'm super sensitive with things like that. And I actually wear them a lot and they're perfect for like this whole holiday season. Cause like, that's my one jewelry that I'll be, I'll be rocking with everything. Perfect. I love it so much. And then as for stars, honestly, this was such a killer week on so many levels. It was just so well-designed and crafted and so much face acting. Like I legit want to give a star to every single person that was on this week. But I will give some highlights. I will give star to Jake, <laughs> to Charlotte. Yes, yes. Valentine, Anna, the breakdown, Dante, um, the like Nina Valentine things. Laura, I mean, Laura is always, always with the face. Oh, um, Liz for the sass, you know, like just so many stars. Sasha for being back, the alpaca, the Cody, <laughs> the Cody, the Cody, and Maxine Brooklyn scenes, and Sunny playing with his finger with the ring and all of that. The fidgeting, I'm giving a star fidgeting. <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> we're doing that now <laughs> that'll make people want to buy stars <laughs> hey we made it up i made it up. you did pick up the stars your your random ranking system I know. you did I make all of that through, up i did i went through such a trial and error we did thumbs up we did we did all kinds of things i threw out did, all kinds yeah. of things and stars landed and works really well but now you've expanded it so if you know anyone who fidgets they can also get, get stars for that. <laughs> oh my gosh. And on that note, because we can just keep talking forever. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> so folks, have a fantastic weekend. That's a wrap. Bye. Bye.